Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. So the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, the opening ceremony is today and it is fantastic to see so much Limerick representation across the Olympics this year. A number of uh, the people involved we have chatted to on the show, including a sprinter, Sarah Lavin. Um, with regards to Tokyo, you know, last summer, I think it was the 12th of August last year, it was 1,460 days to um, to Tokyo and that's where you, you start again. Today we're 1095 to Tokyo and you just make every day count um, along the way. Obviously, no Irish female has ever met a sprint Olympic final. So that's like a distance 100, 200 or 400. So a distance basically from the blocks. And I'd love to be the first Irish female, I guess, to, to make an Olympic final. That would That's my ultimate goal and obviously yeah. medals, yeah. You're literally counting the days to Tokyo. <laughs> I guess it's not even counting, it's just making them count in some ways because um, it comes so quickly. It sounds, I suppose, mad that you're like, gosh, it only happens every four years. But thank God, because you need you need the four years. You know, there's European champs, there's world champs every uh, in between that. So um, it's just making sure that you're so much better than, say, a month ago, two months ago and a year ago. So when you look back, you can see everything you did and you take reassurance, I guess, from that. Limerick Sarah Lavin chatting to us on the show a few weeks ago and she was also telling us during that interview that for her, if the Olympics had gone ahead as scheduled in Tokyo last year, she wouldn't have made it because of injury problems. Uh, So it actually ended up suiting her in a bizarre way that uh, it was uh, delayed until this year and we have uh, her proud dad, Ger Lavin, on the line and uh, we also have Niall O'Shea, uh, who is dad of Greg O'Shea, known from Love Island but I'd say for him uh, he's much happier to be known as a rugby player at the Olympics and uh, we also uh, have Tony Hayes who is Carolyn Hayes' dad as well and uh, she is participating in the Olympics as a triathlete and you are all very welcome. Um, Ger, how are you feeling then this morning? Um, Obviously family can't go which is just such an enormous pity but that's the way it is with uh, COVID at the moment and the opening ceremony will take place in Tokyo in just a few hours now. Morning, Joe. Morning. Um, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's great that Sarah made it to the Olympics. Uh, you know, she had a great team behind her. Uh, Noel, her coach, Ger Hartman, her sister Nicole, her dietitian, John Cleary. But, you know, it's been a long struggle for her as well. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't get there. We'd love to be there, but it didn't work out. But the fact that she's there, we are delighted anyway. You know, it couldn't have been a, a tougher task for her to get there because she had so many different things happened to her over the past few years and to finally make it she was just over the moon <laughs> Yeah I mean so. I remember people around Limerick talking about Sarah from a very young age as a serious star in the making but as you say she's had trials and tribulations in recent times Yeah she's had uh, between injuries and different things happening you know hamstring injuries and uh, broken bones and things like that she um but she persevered. I don't think I would have persevered as much as she had. But she did. She was determined she was going to get there. And uh, she never, ever gave up on that dream. Uh, amazing, really, to be thinking that uh, 
you're, you're one of 40 people that are taking part in the Olympic hurdles, 100 metres. Only 40 people that get into that event. Yeah. And, uh, uh, that's fantastic achievement. I remember watching athletics from a very young age at home because uh, my dad was a pretty good athlete and was always into it. And one of the things that really frustrates me is the lack of understanding because it only comes around once every four years and you know everyone becomes an instant expert in all these events, some of which are highly technical. And maybe a lack of understanding of how much it takes to get to an Olympics, to be an Olympian, uh, Jar. Yeah, I mean, it's not just... Sarah is the person that's running on the 12th. I mean, she's had... Noelle Morrissey has been her coach for, I'm not sure, is it 20 years at this stage? You know, she, she has a whole team, you know, to go along for strength and conditioning, for diet, uh, her technical uh, speed, everything. Uh, and there's a lot of different things involved in it. You know, you can't just go and pick up uh, just one event and decide you're going to do everything, learn how to get out of the blocks, how to pick up speed, how to do the hurdles. Uh, everything has to count and doubt your, your diet, your exercise, you know, training maybe twice a day, six days of the week. Um, it's a huge commitment, very, very <laughs> big commitment. She's put her own physiotherapy on hold, I think, just for this. But now that, now that she's got there, I think it's all been worth it. She's yeah, happy. that's kind of where she's going professionally, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the sprint hurdles, talk about a mix of technique and pure speed, and everything over uh, on a good day in a matter of seconds. You know, it's, it's just <laughs> extraordinary as an event, isn't it? Yeah, 13 seconds roughly. And the whole event is over. You're training for years, 20 years, twice a day, six days a week, for 13 seconds. And, you know, anything could happen. I mean, she was, she was lucky she was a junior, and she was got a silver medal. But she, in the world junior... In the semi-final, she fell on the hurdle and she just had to pick herself up, dust herself off and move on, get on to the next one. Yeah. And it's a tough thing to do sometimes <laughs> when things don't go your way. <clears throat> and, and what's it like for her out there? Have you been in touch in recent days? Yeah, the weather seems to be really warm out there. It's even hotter than here, if you can believe that. <laughs> um, and their training, the facilities are first class. Um, and they go to a, a holding camp uh, for about 10 days and then just three or four days before your actual event, that's when you move in to the village, the Olympic village. And, you know, you're in there for a few days or as long as your event continues. One of the things that mean and cynical people in the media like myself is have, having a good laugh at are all these journalists out there complaining about how terrible their life is and that they're locked in hotel rooms and they're only allowed to do it and whatever. You feel like saying to them, well, you're there to work or aren't you? <laughs> but, but, I mean, for the athletes too, it's pretty restricted, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah. I mean, uh, like, I was trying to give her money for when she was going, just so she could go out and enjoy it, get a few things. But she said, you can't even get out, you know, to go outside shopping. You're in your, your hotel. You go from the hotel to the training ground. And that's it. You're not going around the streets. You're not going anywhere You're not going anywhere else. Not that you'd have the time anyway, but uh, you're, not, you're not allowed to go out there anyway. So you're just being restricted as to where you can go. You know, the hotel's supposed to have uh, fantastic facilities. But yeah. uh, just the hotel and training ground, and all the Irish are staying in one hotel together. Yeah, we're chatting to Ger Lavin, uh, who is Sarah Lavin's dad. And no Olympics, of course, this year. No Olympics is postponed, unfortunately, which was kind of frustrating at the, at the start of the COVID thing. But to be honest, it's probably better for us because it gives us another year to prepare and get better. 
That's Greg O'Shea chatting to us last year in the, the build-up to these Olympics and talking about the fact, of course, that uh, famously now it's been postponed. So we still have the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo in 2021, which must be very confusing for everyone involved. And uh-huh. Greg's dad, Niall O'Shea, is uh, with us as well this morning. Hi, Niall. Hi, Joe. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad. The last time I was chatting to you was in a very different context. It was Greg's success on Love Island. Uh, talk about an amazing couple of years for your son. <clears throat> yeah, it's been. Yeah, look, he, he's had a he's had a great journey. First of all, just to say congrats to the two lads and their daughters for making it to the to the Olympics. Um, as Joe kind of alluded to, there the the background family uh, network is a is a key element on us and uh, I understand what they've gone through and Sarah and Caroline have gone through to make it so it's a, it's a tough task and as George said it's a, a long life dream um, and it's one that Craig's had I suppose going up doing athletics he actually competed with an, an Irish team and stuff with Sarah so that kind of athletics link to the Olympics I think is a, is a big thing He was um, good at athletics as well He wasn't too bad he Yeah he gets, he gets bad. that from his mother of course He does yeah yeah it's all the breed. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, himself and Sarah actually went to a European Youth Olympics in Turkey in a place called Trabzon. I travelled with her and the, and the lads had a great time, um, even though it was in the far reaches of Turkey over by Azerbaijan and, and uh, fairly, fairly controlled. But yeah, look, Greg's, you know, Greg's been, been, been lucky in terms of what's come his way, I suppose. The two weeks, two years ago was, was kind of what's brought him to fame, but he's been working on this dream for, you know, if you we, if we want to say it, 10, 15 years, you know, since he was a young kid, I think at 12 years of age when he went, went onto the track and since he started playing rugby and stuff, you know. Yeah, it is quite phenomenal, isn't it? Um, and the other thing, I suppose, is you are a rugby man, of course, to your fingertips, that to have a seven side, you know, it'll spark a lot of interest in the country and in Limerick in particular, won't it? Uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it will. And, you know, there's more... I suppose more of the schools and more of the, the club sides will, will start playing a bit more sevens or the RFU will kind of get a bit more focused on it. And they basically kind of, I suppose, if you want to say, put a crack squad together to try and reach the last Olympics and fails. And they've kind of been working at it since, uh, working their way through the various grades in Europe to, to get themselves up there, get onto the World Series. And that big game against France in, in Monaco to, to actually qualify, like, you know. Yeah. So it'll, it'll hopefully, you know, I suppose, bring the game forward a bit more. And I think maybe put a bit more onus on the RFU to back it a bit more, you know. They kind of took it as a bit of a trial period and kind of said, look, if they make it to the Olympics, we'll see. And for now that made it to the Olympics, then I think four or five of the guys who helped them get there are playing on the international 15 side. So seven is a is going to be a major route for rugby players coming forward, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Greg's captain of the Sevens, Billy Dardis, you know, he did the most amazing interview after that famous day that the Sevens qualified for the Tokyo Olympics not that long ago. And you could see his passion for being an Olympian. And uh, he did say, which I'm sure the dads on the line found a little bit amusing, you know, oh, when, when I'm an old man of 60 in the pub, I'll say, oh, yeah, I went to that Olympics. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. it, it means you know it, it was fantastic, and it just the pure emotion and the effort and the sacrifice that that group um, went through to get there is, is just fantastic. I, it is, yeah. Billy was superb that day. You know, after after what was a phenomenal win for them, um, and as was all the dreams coming through to be able to stand up and, and give a, a press, you know, a press interview like that was, was, was superb. But again, you know, the other lads on the, on the line. 
story, you know, what they've gone through to get there. And, and that's what makes the Olympics special. And, um, you know, because it's, it, if you want to say it's still an amateur sport and things like that. And it's, you know, okay, you can be 60 and say you're an Olympian, but you can go anywhere in the world, pick a country anywhere in the world. You can sit in a place and say to them, I went to the Olympics and they know exactly what you're talking about. So, it's a, you know, that's the phenomenon of the Olympics. That it's a worldwide event that everybody knows about. I think someone said to me the other day there would be 8 billion people watching. You know, so it's it's... The Olympics is the epitome of everything, you know? It is. I mean, it is the biggest single sports event on the planet. There's no question about that. Uh, And uh, Greg is a a man of the law, of course, um, a solicitor. Do you think that the whole Love Island thing will mean he'll attract an extra element of publicity, Niall? Um, I'm not too sure uh, from that side. You know, the the sports enthusiasts kind of come asking the questions for sports. So if you, you know, if you can't stand up and have credibility in that field, it, it doesn't, but it probably will, and he won't know until he comes home um, what's going to happen and really what he decides to do with himself going forward, whether he tries to spin off the, the Olympic elements um, and links with the Love Island, I, you know, whether there's something in that for him, I don't know. But he's just at the moment, I suppose, focused on on the task at hand and delighted that it came together for him, um, you know, to get to Tokyo. The, the seven squad went straight into the Olympic camp. They didn't go into any holding camp or stuff so they've been in Tokyo or at the Olympic Village for the last week training and, um, and set the name Yeah uh, We're chatting to Niall O'Shea who is Greg O'Shea's uh, dad and Tony Hayes is Carolyn Hayes' dad the triathlete who's also qualified for the Olympics uh, representing Ireland and uh, Limerick and the Newcastle West uh, area How are you Tony? Good morning Joe How are you doing? So, I mean, the sense of what will happen even over the next few hours now, you know, everything will be so different and that's a pity in ways uh, from a normal Olympics. Obviously, you won't have the crowds. There are even restrictions over the number of athletes who who can uh, take part uh, in the opening ceremony. And I know athletes, I think, is it 48 hours after their event finishes, which wouldn't be the norm either. They have to leave um, Tokyo. So what's your sense of it and what are you hearing from Carolyn? Well, um, there's nothing normal about these Olympics, but um, from from Carolyn's perspective, um, she's uh, achieved a goal that she's only dreamed of uh, over the last few years, and it's been a bit of a roller coaster. And she's really delighted to be where she is at the moment. Now she's um, she's moved into the. Um, village, the um, Olympic village only during the week and um, she was in the holding camp before that but she had uh, excellent training facilities all along. So she's working hard and she's just focused on Monday night, her big event. But um, I don't think, from speaking to Carolyn, we speak to her uh, <clears throat> every other day and we have a WhatsApp group so all the family are, are um chatting on WhatsApp, so we're very much up to speed with how she is. And as I say, she's in good form. I don't think she's too conscious. Well, we obviously don't bring up any negative stuff. That's There's a lot of stuff in the background that's not really um, the best. Um, but she's not, I don't think they're aware of anything negative in, in uh, where they are, so... Yeah, I think she's able to concentrate on what she's there for, and she's looking forward to to uh, the event. 
Now, she's a, a doctor and she's had to put that on hold to pursue this Olympic dream. And actually, it's something that I often find with um, athletes that, you know, they pursue lots of different things in life and they seem to be successful at them all. But anyway, um, so how did she get into the triathlon? Well, she um, she was in Trinity. She's always been sporty. She, she, um, she did a physiology degree in Trinity and she was... She was always big into the swimming and she was uh, involved with their water polo team and I think she, um, she did a lot of running when she was there and it was really when she went down to, uh, came back to UL to do her postgrad medicine degree that she was living on campus. The facilities, as you know, are excellent. You the swimming pool, you have plenty of running areas and plenty of opportunities for cycling and she kind of got involved with Limerick Triathlon and she was very dedicated and committed to that sport and she won she won a lot of she won most of the national um competitions um that were available and she uh, continued her studies. She was up She's a bit of an early bird anyway, at the best of times. She'd have maybe three or four hours of uh, either cycling, running or swimming done before she'd even go to lectures. And now What time is that? Well, six o'clock in the morning would Jeez. be... Like regularly? Normal, normal for her, you know. So, but uh, her idea was always get, get in a few hours training before uh, going to lectures. And you probably in a better state of mind than for for mm. picking up um what you're supposed to be learning. But yeah, it was a good a good experience, UL. And then uh, she went into medicine, did her training, continued um the triathlon events and then she was in Dublin training and she was in Saint James's for a while. She was in a few different areas but um she started um uh, training seriously and her team suggested maybe she should try a few international events and uh, Team Ireland were interested in her then and one thing led to another she had a few international competitions and she enjoyed and did reasonably well so this year was the it was a bit of a roller coaster as I say um, with the cancellation in 2020 that kind of she was after taking a year out from um our medical career, but fortunately, um, the medical council were very uh, accommodating and supportive, and didn't uh, make it anyway difficult to take time out. She was worried then taking another year out, but so far so good. And um, there she is. Here we are. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm sure our listeners will be absolutely bursting with pride. It's amazing. And these are around thirteen people from Limerick, um, uh, many connected uh, through UL. The Middle link. Say again? Yeah. No, that was me. Oh, sorry, yeah, uh, who, who are involved in the Olympics, either on the track or off the track or, or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. And, and I think it's just absolutely amazing to have that level of representation from this part of Ireland uh, and indeed Ireland in general. And I'm sure... Um, people will be just thrilled to follow them and wish them well. Um, but uh, to get there, to get to start lines, to to be involved in an Olympic Games is an unbelievable achievement in and yeah. of itself. Well, no, nobody knows what 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 
child of commitment is immoral. No, they, they, you, you're so right about that. I mean, unless you've been there, you just, you just exactly, don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. Well, listen, um, guys, I hope you and the families really enjoy uh, the next few days and the next couple of weeks and we keep the fingers crossed for all concerned and thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us this morning on the show. We really do appreciate it. Well, thanks, thank Joe, you. and uh, the best of luck to all the other Limerick um, athletes and hopefully we'll, between the lot of us, we'll bring something home. Good stuff. All right. And so say, so say all of us. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant stuff, guys. Thank you thanks, thanks very, very much. much. Thanks. All the best. That's uh, Tony Hayes, Ger Lavin and Niall O'Shea uh, there. And we wish uh, rugby player Greg O'Shea, athlete Sarah Lavin and triathlete Carolyn Hayes the very best. And indeed all of the other Irish athletes and particularly those with Limerick Connections. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.